Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello. Hola. Hola from Spain. How do you say cucumber? I was going to say, how do you say hello in Spanish? That's how uncultured I am. No, I didn't know either. It's hola <laughs> gracias, which I've been saying Oh, yeah. I've been to Mexico, actually. Same vibe. I'm in Mallorca, the island best known for being where Ilaria Baldwin's parents live. Oh, my God. I love that. It was like when I went to Madeira and Cristiano Ronaldo's from there. Didn't you say that to me? You were like, Ronaldo's from there. I was like, I was Grace. Like, I was like, Grace, I know the airport's called Ronaldo. Like everywhere you go, they talk about him. <laughs> I was like, yes, he's hot. But like, it's like here that the schools are called the N- Rafael Nadal school. Like they're all named after him. Okay. So I just washed the cat. And it was fucking hell on earth. What's happened to the cat? So he's got fleas and oh, Jara Shiva. I know. And I keep up with the flea treatment and stuff, but they just they just still on him. And I'm like, he's an indoor cat. This is so insane. So we bought this flea shampoo off Amazon and then just shoved him in the sink just then and like wet him like a dog. And it was a horrific and traumatic experience for everyone involved. I didn't even think about the fact that I would get soaking wet. So I had on all my nice clothes that I now have to take to the dry cleaner. And he was howling and scratching and crying. And then we all left the situation like in really bad moods and all had to go into separate rooms for a while. How do you de-flee a cat? Do you have to physically get them out like head lice? You know, I, I wish just, you remember when you had lice when you, this is so disgusting. No, I love talking about lice because I didn't, I didn't know what lice was. So I didn't realize I had it for like weeks and weeks. And I gave it to like, honestly, probably the whole school, like six other people. And then I went to get my hair cut and the person was like, you have lice. And I was like, what? So disgusting. <laughs> I gave it to a girl on purpose once. I hated a girl at school and I had nits and I hugged her. Oh my kiss. <laughs> On That's purpose. so crazy. It's like that boy on It's a Sin who went around giving everyone AIDS, but a bit different. <laughs> <laughs> Starting off for a A super spreader. A super spreader. I was like the coronavirus spreader of St. Mary's Primary School. I was in high school, which was, makes my story even more embarrassing. Mm. How did you not know what they were? And like, I'd heard so- of them, but I never had them as a kid. So I, was, I didn't even know I had them. I just thought my head was itchy. <laughs> Yeah, well, but what I was going to say is I wish it was the same situation because when you have knits and you shampoo your head with the knit shampoo, they all come streaming out. Like I remember putting my head upside down in the bath and they were all streaming off my head and it was like the n- most satisfying feeling, but that didn't happen with the cat. I love that. I actually am looking forward to my kids having knits so I can like get get all those bad boys out because you can't get them out of your own hair. Yeah, that's how I feel about Shiva. So I usually chase them around the house with the flea comb. And he's, like, scared. He, like, hates me now. Every time he sees me, he's like, get the fuck away from me. She's got the comb again. So. The comb is out? 
Yeah, he's just licking himself beside me now, really fucked off. Mm. How is Spain? Yeah, Spain's beautiful. Been working, so I've only just been seeing a glimpse of the island the last few days, but it's very lovely. Coincided with your birthday. Oh, yeah, my birthday. That feels like so long ago. Yeah, I celebrated my birthday here. It hasn't even happened yet because we've got to celebrate as when you get back. Yeah, the party hasn't happened yet. That's technically my birthday. Yes. So, yeah, one year older, none the wiser. Still a little pea brain who doesn't know what they're doing. I watched Keeping Up With The Kardashians and Kim Kardashian, who we're obviously going to be talking about a lot a bit later, is the kindest person, Grace, for her (laughs) mum's 65th birthday. Apparently she's like the best gift giver ever, which is kind of... Would be so I can stressful. See it. I get that energy of her, like thoughtful energy. Yeah, very thoughtful. So it would be so stressful for everyone else in the family. For Chris Jenner's 65th birthday, Chris was getting really insecure and kind of whatever about her body as she got older and her body changing. And so Kim went and got, it's, this is so insane and like so extravagant and so privileged, but she went and got 65 outfits custom made for her mum to fit her body exactly and made them and hired a stylist and did them exactly in the way that would make her mum feel the most confident. Oh, that's very nice. Kimby, Kimberly. And then she got 65 mannequins and put them around the house like the Met Gala and got Kanye to like nice. organise them. Oh, Chris. I didn't do that for you. I'm sorry. But that would have been our dream presence. <laughs> I'm expecting that when I get back. Yeah. I'm expecting 28 Alison Roman cooked recipes <laughs> in a room. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and then you fucking propose to me at the end. Yeah. I'll propose to you through like a Alison Roman cookie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God, if Zach proposes, it's how he has to do it with a cookie. Like, what's his name in Sex in the City? Who proposed in Miranda's Sex in the City? hot boyfriend, and he says, I love you on a cookie, and she eats the whole thing because she doesn't love him because she still loves Steve for, like, some unbelievable reason. Aww. And he said, what did you think? And she said, delicious. <laughs> what, did she eat the ring? <laughs> no, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a proposal. It just said, I love you. It was the first time he'd ever said it. Oh. Jare. Yeah. Jare. I can't remember his name. It's not Richard. Robert. <laughs> How do you know everything? I can't even remember this happening. <laughs> <laughs> I rewatched it all recently. Right. Had a little binge. Speaking of watching things, I've watched a lot and I put <laughs> a lot of it on the dock and then I had to take it off because you know me, we'll be here all day. So I picked two that I'm allowed to talk about. Mm-hmm. Honourable mentions, go to The Bachelorette and You Season 3. <laughs> but other than them... I haven't watched You. Uh, it's, it's absolutely terrible. It's <laughs> just so bad. It's 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 like Riverdale vibes. Right. Where you're just like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> but I went to the movies on Friday night, watched The French Dispatch, which I obviously... it's. Wes Anderson's new movie, there's been a lot of hype about it because the cast is incredible and it was pushed back heaps because of COVID. But I actually knew nothing about it. I, I hadn't even, I don't even think I'd seen the trailer. So I was excited to see that and it turned out to be a very cool movie about a fictional magazine called The French Dispatch and it's modelled after The New Yorker. So it has you know, a legendary roster of writers and distinctive cartoons and typographic layout and the office culture is the same and the founder of the French Dispatch, Bill Murray, is clearly based on the New Yorker founder, Harold Ross, and the film is set in three different stories, which are three different features from the final issue of the magazine. And then, like, there's a couple of other, like, little tiny stories in, in amongst it. Like, Owen Wilson is this travel journalist and he, like, rides a bike and takes you through the city um, as, as a travel journalist. It's, I really loved the whole thing. And it's, it was kind of been, it's been called an ode to print journalism and like Wes Anderson's love letter to print journalism, which obviously um, hits home for us. And it That's has really nice. I want to go and see it. It has Adrian Brody. I saw number yes, two on my, your main man. List. Yeah. Adrian Brody. <laughs> How was he looking? 
he looked hot. I find him hot as well. I just don't think I really knew who. It's he's hot when you watch him on screen. Yeah, I fell in love with Adrian Brody and the pianist, in which he plays like a completely traumatized Holocaust survivor. <laughs> and I was like, mm. oh, <laughs> yeah, I remember that movie, Hello? but I don't remember fencing the man. I feel like I watched it when I was like twelve as well. Yeah, it's very upsetting. <laughs> Directed by Roman Polanski, no less. Timothy Chalamet's in it, who I could not find less hot now. And Francis McDormand hooks up with him in it. They I did read something about this and I was like, that's a fantastic pairing. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible. So they both. Timmy's punching, obviously. Yes. Yeah, it's, I, I loved it. And it's also one of those things where Wes Anderson has... Obviously, I've like always known what his films were, but I think because of my attention span when I was younger, I used to find them really hard to watch because they obviously go off on these like crazy tangents. And that, like for example, with this movie, it's basically three separate movies in one. So if you zone out for like five minutes, you just have no idea what's going on. But now that I'm older, I really love it, and I love the fun of just any kind of movie that's just different to the norm. I find really fun and exciting, and there's such it's such so beautifully shot and well cast and I was just like wow whereas my boyfriend like could not stand Wes Anderson any less oh really yeah but I'm like beautiful fun and Timothy Chalamet's bussing Francis McDormand and it's in France what could more could you be want? better mm. <laughs> it's getting heaps of good reviews yeah I'll have to see it when I get back yes I'm also jealous that you've started watching Scenes from a marriage because you've been texting me horny pics of Oscar Isaac. Yes. I can't decide what I think about it. It's getting really good reviews as well. I haven't actually looked up any proper reviews or or really got in my head around what I think. It's definitely a compelling story. So it's it's about basically Oscar Isaac and Jessica Chastain's marriage. And it opens with them being interviewed by another one of the school mums just about some like research project she's doing. And you can tell there's kind of tension in the marriage. Um, And you can tell Oscar Isaacs, basically, he's like, what it seems so far is he's the guy she married because she wanted someone stable and boring. And she, Uh when they met, was dating the coolest guy in school and he was an Orthodox Jew and it was just this really unlikely pairing. So she kind of walks all over him where I'm at so far. And you kind of, her character's quite unlikable in it and he's just like, this hot, lovely, great dad. But, yeah, it's it's sad. It's like a hard watch. It's kind of basically marriage story, but split across a few episodes. I think I could be misremembering this, but I think it's definitely based off a 70s Swedish film, I think by Ingmar Bergman, that apparently when the original came out in Sweden in the 70s, it caused this, like, giant spike in divorces in Sweden. Really? Like, it was such a pop cultural thing that so many people watched it and were like, oh, my God, this is my marriage. And, like, all these people got divorced afterwards. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. They're just kind of, like, bored of each other, basically. Or she's bored of him and treats him like shit. It's kind of like Rama and... um. <laughs> Thing from I was about Love to say Sex. our goop, the goop couple. From Love, Sex and Goop. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to finish that show. Yeah, I know, same. I was watching it with my housemate on the weekend and she was like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. It's interesting, though, how those dynamics in relationships where, where women get so fed up with men being maybe like unspontaneous or unromantic or just so sensible and logical and then their response is to be, like, angry or bitchy or mean. And when you watch it play out, you're like, that horrible woman being mm. so mean to that man. Mm. But it's it's almost like its own form of – it's not abuse, obviously, whatever's, like, one step down. Like, neglect, you know, of a marriage to be that logical and emotionless. The men, you mean? But some men are just like that, I guess. Yeah, the men. Like, I think yeah. it's, like, in Estepro you get situations like that too where the women are being kind of – they seem to be being bitches, <laughs> but it's also like if you feel like you have no passion at all in your marriage and your partner doesn't want to work on it and they just say, I just love you. <laughs> yeah. Then no, 100%. that's kind of going to drive you insane. Like, it's funny because I think when you're young, the narrative is that women kind of want to settle down and men, like what we talked about in the panic years, want to be perpetual children. But then Nell Frizzell, when we talked to her, was just like, 
it's so funny because when you look at actually what the men are doing, they're just sitting at home, like, mm. being boring. It's not like they're out, like, living these wild, crazy lives. It's the women who are more often than not are getting with the girls and going out drink and just doing fun things and wanting to be more spontaneous and even, like, having that in their relationships. But men have it in their head that settling down is, like, what they don't want to do. It's quite funny. Yeah. I know. It's so true, hey? Yeah. So you want to bus Oscar Isaac? Fuck yes. I didn't even know who he was. He's one of those men that keeps getting hotter, I think. Like, I think he's been kind of in movies for a while, but every year, for some reason, he looks better. Yeah, and his style is so good. The cut um, did a whole article about him sitting. I think it was like the stylist from Scenes from a Marriage put up behind-the-scenes photos of dressing him, and they're just... We need to post them on our Instagram, actually. What was up with that thing of him sniffing Jessica Chastain's arm? They just look so good as a couple. If I was his wife, I'd be like, oh. I don't know. (laughs) He just sniffed it. I think he's just being funny. (laughs) (laughs) But they do seem to have quite a lot of chemistry. But then in this show, they don't really have the chemistry. It's because, like, they're not supposed to, which is quite funny. Interesting. My recommendation for you is, as you already know, because I've been manically texting you, Yes. who is Daniel Johns. It's a new podcast. It's like an original Spotify podcast series. And it's about Daniel Johns, who's the front man of Silverchair, who's like a very famous Australian band, but you'd obviously heard of them too, being from New Zealand. And I have to say, like my reaction was probably the same as yours. When, Who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah, I was just like, I just am not interested in this. This is not made for Grace O'Neill. I just don't care. And then a friend of ours, Kate, was like manically messaging me being like, no, you need to listen to this podcast. It's really, really, really good. And it was the most eye-opening. It's one of the – it's not technically a great podcast, but I think for me growing up in Australia and the time I did and the media narrative I didn't even realize I had in my brain about Daniel Johns, it was so eye-opening Basically, Silverchair. I think people think of Silverchair as a, a slightly like chuggy dad band. Yeah, I was going to say that, and I think that's because of the media narrative around them, and, and because of literally the stuff they say in the podcast. I was like, oh, I don't want to listen to a Silverchair podcast. What losers? Yeah, <laughs> oh I know. <laughs> and the drummer from Silverchair's wife, Jackie, is like a fortune teller. That's a Real Housewife of Melbourne. Oh my so God. I had that in my brain, just a beloved chuggy Australian band. And I knew that Daniel Johns had been papped in Oxford Street getting lit and stuff. And basically this podcast explains that Silverchair exploded in the 90s when they were all 14 years old. And by the time they were 15, their first album had exploded in America and they were opening for Red Hot Chili Peppers playing Madison Square Garden. They were going on world tours. They were being covered by MTV. They were headlining music festivals. And they had this huge, crazy overnight fame. People were calling Daniel Johns the next Kurt Cobain. Like, I just find this all so manic when I think of what we think of Silverchair as now. I know. Even Courtney Love Courtney was getting Love. on stage <laughs> yeah. being like, he looks like my dead husband. And it's so creepy because he was literally 14 years old. And it's kind of funny because it's almost like a Britney Spears-esque story where he was just vaulted into being this hyper-famous, beautiful figure in Australian media. And then he couldn't deal with, mentally deal with that level of fame and has never really been able to live up to his potential or deal with like society. And it's obviously had so many negative mental effects on him. And the media now tortures him for having mental health issues that they pretty much created. <laughs> and it's so sad to listen to because you hear him talking and he sounds like this sweet little like pixie fairy who's just become a recluse for 20 years because he just can't deal with the world. He also does sound <laughs> like kind of just messed up it, when you listen to it it's kind of, it's literally when you listen to Britney Spears talk and you think oh mm. something's just not quite right there and that's how it sounds when he talks and the things he says he sounds just yeah like there's something wrong and that something wrong is because of the life he's had to live because of his immense fame so yeah he was saying on it that he had like a really 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 intense eating disorder after their first album came out and after 
all of that fame. Also, the stalking of fans was like so crazy that for, why was everyone thinking he was? Oh, is, do you think it was Courtney Love's fault that everyone thought he was like someone reincarnated? No, I think people just found him hot. <laughs> I don't know if you remember or if you've looked up pictures of him when he was young, but he was like really, really, really good looking, and he looked like a. I don't know. He did look a bit like Kurt Cobain. I think people were just obsessed with him. But, but all these women who had determinations around the time he was born were thinking he was their dead sons reincarnated. And one of them stalked him all around the world, you were telling me, right? And like kept getting on stage, kept getting on people's shoulders yeah. and kept seeing them in the crowd, her in the crowd. Yeah. And then she got backstage at a few shows and his management was like, how is she getting backstage? And she had, like, a year earlier stalked his actual mum when she was in Paris, stolen her purse off her on the train and was using her driver's licence to get backstage at shows by saying she was his actual mum. That is so fucking crazy. It's so crazy. I just don't understand how, like, any kid is meant to deal with that. But he's obviously, like, talking about highly sensitive people a few weeks ago. He's obviously just this highly sensitive, very artistic very like soft, fragile, lovely person. And the thing is, some of it's funny. Like he's like, can't go down the street without someone yelling silver chair sucks, which is funny in theory. But in reality, he literally can't leave the house without that happening. And he's obviously so sweet that it affects him so much that it sends him inside for weeks on end. Yeah. And just listening to him speak just made me feel really, I just wanted to like wrap him up in a blanket and look after him. There was so many things where he said he he stopped going out in the day. So he'd go for walks in the pitch black at night with his dog. Also, he said that still now, this is, so this is, I mean, his mum sounds fucking weird. So she like kept his childhood bedroom <laughs> I don't know, did mums do this in real life? I thought it was the movies. Kept his childhood bedroom literally exactly the same with all of the posters on the walls from when he was a teen. Like, she's, like, immortalising that era. It's kind of weird. And then um, he said that he goes and sleeps there still if he feels overwhelmed by the world. You know? That's and I'm I mean. Like, it's really sad. Yeah. It seems like all of these kind of child stars get almost trapped in their childhood. Even he was talking in the podcast about how he loves Pulp Fiction and he's watched Pulp Fiction 150 times and he can recite the script off by heart and how he loves OK Computer by Radiohead and how the album made him cry. And there's such like 16-year-old boy in the 90s references. <laughs> I think he was talking about when he was young. Because he was in the room then, and he said that he used to sit with his dog and watch pulp. He said he watched Pulp Fiction once a week for for every every single week. I was like, "What? <laughs> That's like not a good way to spend your time if you're having like mental." When he was like twelve issues. as well, I was like, "Who let you watch that?" I just think he seems like a really lovely person, and it made me feel really. I don't know. It like struck something in me emotionally listening to him because I just think our. It's like our culture is so obsessed with artists and people that create things and then we put them on these crazy pedestals and then we just like so gleefully <laughs> want to just fuck them up and it's like they can't handle it. They can't handle it more than 95% of people because they're artists and to be an artist you have to be sensitive and it just made me like angry thinking about it. He was talking about how he was photographed drunk in Chippendale and there's like a big brothel there i can't remember what it's called and the daily telegraph said he was stumbling out of the brothel which he he wasn't it wasn't true and he said when that newspaper it was on the cover of the newspaper he sat in a corner in the fetal position and just cried for like three hours Mm. and it just made me feel so sad i was like why do we live in such a savage despicable culture i know yeah it's interesting as well because we've obviously been re-examining how we treated women back then in the media Mm. but not so Mm. much men yeah, exactly. He reminds me so much of Britney, as in in the in the yeah. kind of yeah, stuck in that era way of just like the world really messed them up and just chewed them up and spat them out. And now he just he still lives over the street away from where he grew up. It's funny because I interviewed Natalie Imbruglia, who's his ex-wife, years ago. Is she? Yeah, yeah. Oh they play like one little bit of her. They were a very good-looking couple in the noughts. Wow. I interviewed her, and she was saying to me on the phone, she was like, you know, it's really hard being really famous and the paparazzi following you around and 
the constant media scrutiny. And I was a bit like, you're not that famous. <laughs> Natalie and <Brulia. laughs> I remember thinking that at the time. I was like, okay, settle down. But now hearing this, I'm like, okay, they obviously were. It was yeah. just slightly before our time. Yeah. And we now consider anything that's not like Kim Kardashian level fame as being irrelevant. But obviously yes. if your experience is being hounded by paparazzi for seven years, you're like, well, I was famous. They were camped outside his house in Newcastle. People. Why do they care? Like, I'm like, why do you care? Because they think what the silver they chair guy is doing. He's their child. <laughs> That's so insane. Imagine being 15, all these growing women stalking you saying you're my son. Oh my god. I think they just wanted to boost him and that was just an excuse. Yeah, could like Francis McDormand. No, it's very like Edipal. Exactly. Oh, Jare Daniel. Our hearts go out to Daniel. Who would have thought we'd be talking about Silverchair on this podcast? <laughs> Walking in a straight line. <laughs> no, yeah, I couldn't even think of one song. And then just then I went on a run and I was listening to the pod and then they played, what is it called? Anna's song. Or yeah, something. I didn't even know that one. Did you not? Here's one thing I don't know. Why does he speak with his speaking voice, which is so high-pitched and, uh, and like, femme, and he's famous for having this, like, Eddie Vedder, like, ooh, like, really deep voice when he was a 14-year-old? That doesn't make any sense. Mm, maybe, he's, maybe he's changed how he speaks now. Yeah. Something but that- to think about? <laughs> But that song, I don't know how you didn't know that. I was running and I was like, I don't even know one Silverchair song. And then they played a bit of that. And I was like, God, I need to play Silverchair on the rest of my run. I love Anna's song. Yeah. Yeah, it's cute. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Okay, so I was supposed to research the next topic, but I didn't. So do you know anything about Metaverse? Yes, I do. I was reading about the Metaverse today. Both of us were kind of like, oh, we know Metaverse has happened, but it's not interesting. But it turns out it is really, really interesting. Okay. Firstly, Mark Zuckerberg has rebranded Facebook to Meta, and that's the parent company name. And they own WhatsApp, Facebook, Instagram. That is a random name. It's so weird. Sounds like a meme. Yeah. I think it's – I read a good piece that said that it's random that they're rebranding, but Mark Zuckerberg is putting himself front and center of the rebrand because it's like he's the reason Facebook has negative brand connotations. He's just like, that's. it's actually quite funny. Just being like, I'm just going to rename this and – Yeah. See if that works. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) He released this video of – basically Facebook's future plans and it's to create what they're calling the metaverse and it's VR where you strap on these headsets and it honestly looks like pretty lit. I want to, <laughs> I want to join the metaverse. You go in and you have a little avatar and you can dress them up in clothes. Oh my God, that's crazy. Yeah. And then you can go around and what they showed in the video was you can go around and all the stuff they did was obviously lame, but you could play cards with your friends and then someone could call in and say, hey, and you could be like, do you want to be dealt in? And they'd say, no, but I just saw this amazing street art. And if it's a 3D artist, 
they might have a picture painted on a wall and if you take a photo and you're in the VR headset, it will create the 3D art piece in front of you and you can like move around and explore it inside the headset. And you can float around and flip flip around and you can get messages and when you get your messages it can be your partner also in the vr universe so you're standing talking to each other and they're basically saying the future is going to be metaverse dance parties so like night clubbing with all your friends if you can't be together you just play the same the same music plays in your set and you're dancing around and dancing around your living room but all your friends look like they're actually with you Oh, I mean, that's quite cool. Yeah, it sounds fun. And then Metaverse, shopping malls or all of these things, basically. It sounds like Black Mirror. It's so crazy. But the more I'm reading about it, the more I'm thinking this is literally the way that technology is going to go, which is so terrifying to me. I feel scared. Because, yeah, it's scary because people are basically saying that if Mark Zuckerberg creates this technology then essentially in the future people are going to have to pay rent to Facebook for space in the virtual world. Oh, fuck, yeah. Because he'll create the virtual world that like everyone Like for space populates. in the mall and then people will go and shop. Wait, so like yes, with the, with the mall thing, you in your headset, like as your little in your little world, can walk in and like try clothes on? Probably. Yeah, I think you can try them on in the sense that, yeah, you could walk over to a store that has virtual dresses that exist in real life and put them on your avatar, which is very well designed to look exactly like you and see what they'll look like. Oh, my God. Or you can, like, in the NFT thing, buy virtual clothes from virtual stores to wear in the virtual universe because the idea is that Oh my God. you'll care just as much, if not more, what you look like hanging out with your virtual friends in the virtual universe like we do on Instagram than you will in person. That's fucked up. I'm going to be so broke. I'm going to be buying my little avatar, some Mew Mew. I know, some Mew Mew shoes. And I'm like, and people will start working in the virtual universe. Like you'll, instead of going to offices, you'll sit in it all day because the virtual universe will have boardrooms and different office rooms. So you'll be sitting in different rooms with different settings during the day. So it will feel like a full day's work. And then you could leave your virtual office and go for a virtual walk because you can create whichever background you want in your virtual reality if you want to see the Grand Canyon or go for a walk alongside the whatever. What? So we'll be walking around outside with these headsets on? I don't know. These are the things to think about, but it kind of makes sense. Like if you could be walking down the street and it could look like whatever. Uh Mm. That's crazy. The Maldives versus Ladbroke Grove Station. It, it, like Once you start thinking about how it will actually start to look, it's really scary. And I think it's scary that he's basically making this huge gamble that this is the future of technology and this is the thing that's going to take Facebook into the new era. And it makes a lot of sense. But it also freaks me out so much because we haven't even started making sense of like the psychological and emotional effects of just normal social media. And we're getting into this next phase, which feels so much more insane and high stakes and crazy. Well, yeah, I feel a bit stressed out. Yeah. By that. I felt like that too. (laughs) (laughs) Feels like The Sims, but in real life. And I got really addicted to The Sims, so. Same. Or people were saying, I read a thing that said it's like Neopets, except now you are the Neopet. Oh. We might as well just all blow ourselves up now. Move into the metaverse where we just <laughs> cut our bodies off and just have floating heads. We're going to get really fat. Everyone's going to be like Wally <laughs> when we don't What's do Wally? anything. Have you not seen the movie Wally? About the robot. Yeah, but all the people are up on a different planet, but they're all, they all don't like walk or move or anything because the robots do everything for them. I feel like we'll just like sit in our houses and like do virtual dance parties with our friends. (laughs) It's kind of like, it's, this is the funny thing as well, is that this technology is designed by people like Mark Zuckerberg that have uh, subpar social skills. So like his idea of what's fun is being baked into the technology. Playing solitaire. Which is like dancing around with your friends without having to go and see them, you know? For most people, you're like, why, why? Yeah. That's random. 
Well, I'll see you in the virtual universe to play some solitaire. We could get the AWD girlies in a virtual. That would actually be fun. That would be fucking cute, yeah. Get the, the metaverse, metaverse for that because everyone's all around the world. I feel like the coolest thing, that, that sounds cool, being able to see my friends in New Zealand and Australia all in one room and have a little party. An AWD dance party in the yeah. metaverse. To Silverchair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel we'll be Johnson crying. Can a, a, he can play a virtual set from his. Yes. Um, yeah, he would love that. Wouldn't Newcastle. Have to see that's perfect for him. On board with the metaverse. Who would have thought? Sam. Um. Okay. On to the most. Well, one of the most. This has been a big week. Crazy celebrity stories of the week, which happened. What was it? Like Friday, maybe. It My came out today. Oh yeah. oh, yeah, it was your birthday because I was, like, frantically texting you saying I know it's your birthday but you need to be on your phone right However. now. <laughs> However. So first the news broke, TMZ reported a story that Yolanda Hadid was accusing Zayn Malak, who is his daughter, Gigi Hadid's boyfriend, now ex-boyfriend and father of baby. So of hitting her. Sorry. I explained that really badly. <laughs> <laughs> Gigi Hadid and Zayn Malak is father out. of baby of uh, have been him. going out for a few years. They have a baby together, and TMZ reported that Yolanda Hadid, Gigi's mum, had accused Zayn of hitting her. Before the TMZ story even broke, Zayn posted on Twitter this long statement saying that it, the accusations were false and saying that he wished this could stay with the family. But unfortunately, the story got leaked in like quotation marks so basically insinuating Yolanda had leaked it to the press and so it all kind of sounded like when that first happened it sounded as though what Yolanda was saying happened didn't because he was like straight out denying it but then what ended up happening was Zayn pleaded no contest to pushing Yolanda so I don't think he hit her as we originally thought but I think he'd pushed her which is a much better and, yeah, the whole thing sounds really intense. Basically, I think Yolanda came into Gigi and Zane's Pennsylvania home when Gigi was at Paris Fashion Week and stuff got heated and they had this huge fight and Gigi flew home. And at the time, one of Gigi's fan accounts had posted this thing saying on September 30, saying, give Gigi her privacy, like, who knows why she flew home from Paris Fashion Week so urgently, but I'm sure we'll find out in time. And that was why. Yeah, it's like, it's a really big celebrity scandal. It's really crazy. And I think it's been funny watching everyone, us included, <laughs> jumping to these binaries of are you team Yolanda or team Zane? Mm. It obviously just seems like a very messy personal situation that probably shouldn't be in the public eye at all. But the leaked transcripts of what he allegedly said to both Yolanda and Gigi because he was he pled no contest to an emotional harassment or a harassment charge against Gigi because of what he said to her on the phone that day, which was, why don't you strap on some fucking balls and tell your mother to leave the house or something, which I found kind of funny, but then the other, the other stuff he said was fucked. When I read yeah. that he called Yolanda a Dutch slut, my reaction was that doesn't feel true in my bones that just feels like such a wild thing to say but uh now I believe it <laughs> exactly so when it when it came out because it just basically <laughs> Yolanda definitely leaked this to the press which is she's horrible. a notorious leaker yeah which is a horrible thing to do to her daughter and her grandchild <laughs> and her grandchild <laughs> who will have to read that quote one day there's like absolutely no excuse for pushing her but it would just be so interesting to know the context of what happened because it's like not like he just would have walked up to her and pushed her. <laughs> like I'm like, what what was happening in that situation? It's like so hard when you only get one, you get these this leaked and it's obviously paints him in such a negative, horrible light. He's been dropped by his labels. Gigi's broken up with him. He's probably be, like barely sees his daughter right now and all of this horrible stuff is in the press. And I'm like, what happened? Like, there's, he obviously has anger management issues and, and, like, things he needs to work on, and I'm not, like, excusing him for this behaviour, but it just it just sounds like, I don't know. It does feel like 
yeah, a snippet of something that's been utilized in a PR war. And I think the fact that he's basically saying I'm not engaging in it at all is going to leap this like open chasm for space for speculation. Um, I just think as well, like, you know, again, the, there are a huge amount of people on Twitter and Reddit who are mainly, it seems like crazy One Direction stands who must like, literally be in their fucking thirties now. <laughs> like, I'm just like, what is wrong with you guys who are saying cancel the Hadids and we stand with Zayn and he's a great person oh, really? and he would never do this and blah, blah, blah. GG he literally Hadid's said he did been- it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Gigi Hadid's been, like, absolutely flooded with One Direction trolls, which would be horrible. Yeah, it's, again, like, no surprise. There's, like, not much nuance on Twitter and Instagram. But I think you have, on one hand, people that are are, are refusing to acknowledge the situation of, like, a young, big guy verbally and physically assaulting his nearly 60-year-old mother-in-law as just being a heinous thing to do. And then I think you can say at the same time that judging a person entirely by a situation, which is probably one of the most heated situations they've ever been in and pulling their quotes out of any context and brandishing them all over the internet is also not a great thing to do either. And like thinking that we understand the whole situation just based off that is also a silly thing to do. Yeah. And then the other interesting part of it is obviously people have this insight into Yolanda from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills where the day this happened we were getting well I was on the podcast close friends DMs which is getting like inundated with messages of people who are Housewives fans just saying she is just known for being kind of batshit crazy on that show and like yeah she just wouldn't be surprised if this if this wasn't true or if this was blown out of context. And I think it was blown out of context because she said he she initially said he hit her and then it changed to shoved. And just yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah. did he shove did he shove her out of the way because she was doing something? If he got a harassment charge for saying to Gigi on the phone, like fucking man up and tell your fucking mum to get out of my house, like that's quite crazy to get a harassment charge for that. That's what I mean. I'm just like, the quotes look bad, but if I had the transcript of stuff that I'd said in the heat of an argument, (laughs) I would also probably get a harassment charge. Like, I think any of us could. Saying strap some fucking balls on and tell your mum to get out of the house seems kind of reasonable to me. If she's appeared from nowhere. I feel so sorry for Gigi being at, like, Paris Fashion Week and getting this call. Yeah, it'd be so stressful. So Yolanda on... Real Housewives, the biggest beef that everyone has with her is that she notoriously essentially made her children anorexic. She, from, I think Gigi and Bella are like 14 when they first appear in the show. And Yolanda's, there's like a scene where she said, I told Gigi to stop playing volleyball because it makes her too butch. I thought she looked like a lesbian, like really fucked up stuff. And then says to her, you know, you can only eat salads. You can't have any treat foods. There's this scene where Gigi nearly faints on a shoot and she calls Yolanda and Yolanda's in hospital for her Lyme disease. And she says to her, mom, I nearly fainted. I'm chewing half an almond really slowly. Like you told me to try and feel better, but I'm worried I'm going to screw up the shoot. And she goes, oh baby, I'm so proud of you. Just keep chewing it really slowly. And if you really, really need to have two more almonds, This is being filmed, so I'm like, imagine what she's saying behind the scenes. My God. And then for Gigi's birthday, she gets her this giant cake, and then Gigi goes to have a slice, and she says, no, you can't have a slice, and then Gigi (laughs) gets half a slice, and she breaks the slice in half and in half again and gives her this bit that's like the size of a thimble. Me on your birthday when I bake you this big old cake. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's kind of, I mean, Housewives is camped up and stupid and over the top, and everyone's meant to seem crazy and nuts and rich and superficial on purpose but it's obvious that she is this like super intense stage mom that has been like priming her kids for success as models from a really young age and you can just tell from her instagram her instagram is manic as fuck someone posted did you see that anwar did an instagram live with dua lipa and she cropped dua lipa out and put the picture of just anwar up on her stories and said my heart (laughs) 
why would you also cut out Dua, who's like one of the most famous people in the world? Wouldn't she be good for I the know, brand? but it's just, she's just so obsessed with her kids. Yeah. And also in Housewives, there was an episode where Ken Todd, who is Lisa Vanderpump's husband, who is 80 and like five I foot know. one, he touches Yolanda's arm and says, just a minute, Yolanda, or something. And then in the reunion, she oh, she says, Ken hit me, like Ken struck me. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, we all just watched the footage. No, I didn't. I just touched your arm. And she goes, I know what I felt, Ken. Yeah. So I think there's like this idea that she's a bit of a, this was all the Lyme disease stuff, which was the thing around her, was that there is this idea that she's a hypochondriac or a, a, a person that's slightly detached from reality. So it just feels like a very messy situation. I feel like if the cock line wasn't in there, I think Zayn would have got out of this relatively unscathed. I think that's the thing that made him seem like kind of unhinged. Yeah, I always thought, but I have no reason for think. Like, I don't know where I got this from, but I always thought he had addiction issues. But I I, like don't know why I thought that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Tears Morgan said Zane is a horrible brat when he met him, if that's worth anything. I mean, Zane probably hates Piers Morgan. That's probably why. He goes, met this little charmer at Zane Malik once, and he was a surly, snarly brat. <laughs> By contrast, when I dined with Yolanda Hadid, she was Why is he delightful. dining with Yolanda Hadid? Well, pr- precisely. Why is Yolanda Hadid dining with Piers? She was delightful, as was her daughter, Bella, which is the one part of this I believe because i've met her twice and she is delightful how did yolanda have such beautiful well-rounded children that's That's what i mean she's not like a complete you know i think i think some of the stuff that people are holding her to task for on real housewives was played up for entertainment value we've met all three of her children and they're so lovely (laughs) yes i can't believe she leaked Gigi's pregnancy news yeah She's so naughty. I think it's, you know what I honestly think? I think it's just a complete incompatibility of values and that like no one is right and no one's wrong. Or like they're both wrong and both right. Like I just think that if you come from the north of England, no family wealth, no history with celebrity, you suddenly become super, super famous, but you find the whole thing a little bit cringy and embarrassing. And then your mother-in-law is this, literal real housewife of Beverly Hills who primed her children to be supermodels from age 10 and is this really overbearing obsessive stage mom who manages their careers and, you know, leaks news that gets them coverage and is obsessed with uh, how much fame they have and blah, blah, blah. Those are just two very, very incompatible mindsets. Like if you have Zane wanting the kids you know, face and details of the birth and everything to be protected at all costs. And you have Yolanda who's looking at Chris Jenner with Stormy and North and all of those kids and is like, I don't get why we have to do that. Why can't the kid be on Instagram? It's not a big deal. Mm. You know that like both person feels like the other person's being so unreasonable, but it's just a simple like incompatibility of values or whatever that's just exploded. Oh my God, that's so true. Oh my God, Yolanda will be looking at, Chris, and she'll be so fucked off with Bella, who went from the weekend to Mark Kalman. I know. She's like, <laughs> we're losing ground here, girl. At least Anwar's doing well. He's with fucking Dua Lipa. He's like, he like was a dark horse out of that family. She came out of like, nowhere. Cracking him to implant Dua with his seed. Yeah. Bella to Mark Kalman. I love Bella so much. It was a random normie boyfriend. It's nice. But yeah, that's what I think it is. I think it's just a a sad family dispute that we probably shouldn't know the details of, to be honest. Yeah, I just I feel really, really bad for Gigi. Yeah, no, she's a little muffin. She'd be so stuck in the middle because imagine like your mum telling you one thing and then your boyfriend telling you another thing and you're like I just can't be with, even if she wanted to be with Zane, it'd be really impossible to be with him and remain in a relationship with her mum now. Yeah, just like it just seems like straddling those two things just seems kind of impossible. Yeah. 
Jare. Jare. Okay, so off to Patreon. We're going to talk about, obviously, Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson in detail, celebrity Halloween costumes, and ask the question, is blonde hair chuggy? Bye. And was there say House of Gucci, Lady Gaga. Oh, yeah. And that, bye. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.